Hey there, I'm Janine Noggle, and I'm the host of the UECU podcast. Well, thank you for joining us today, everybody. We are really excited today about this topic. Um, you know, in our first episode, we talked about kids and money with Paula Simmons. And uh, as you learned, uh, we can both talk about kids and money for quite a while. Um, and that leads right to today's topic, which is paying for college. And, you know, what comes after high school, whether it's college or technical school, the fact is they all cost money. Um, as a matter of fact, uh, according to educationdata.org, the average cost of college um, is just over $35,000 per year per student. Now, that includes everything. That's tuition, living expenses, books, supplies, all of that. So, um, But it's a daunting number, and I've been there. <laughs> I've put two girls through school, and, you know, it's just sometimes a really difficult thing to be prepared for, especially if you've never done it before. So that's why I'm so excited today to have two very special guests with us from uh, Credit Union Student Choice, which is our student loan partner here at UECU. So um, I'm just so thrilled that they would come and do some in-studio uh, guesting with me today, if that's a word, guesting. Um, so let me introduce who we have today. We have David Rodriguez, and I believe the position is Director of Strategic Partnerships. Is that correct? That is correct. All right. All right. Great. Um, and also Tracy McGettrick. I hope I'm saying your names right. You are. <laughs> um, and she is the Vice President of Business Development. Yes. Um, and so, um, you know, let's get uh, – allow our listeners to learn a little bit more about the two of you and just kind of how you ended up here. Now, not literally at UACU, but how did you end up at, at uh, Credit Union Student Choice? Well, I had been working in the Ketter – credit union industry for a bit. And in in doing so, um, I was out educating, partnering with university schools and, and so forth. And uh, along the way, I, I ran into a friend of mine uh, who worked with me at the credit union previously that had been working at Student Choice. And he ah. said, hey, there's a, a an opportunity that they have um, that I think you'd be a good fit. So I threw my name in the hat. <laughs> Tracy interviewed me, and ah, here I am. <laughs> wow. Well, well, and you know what? Um, I, I, I have to um, be honest that I kind of scoped out your LinkedIn's a little bit, and uh -oh. I was trying to learn. But, but, but you know what, David? You and I actually have something in common. We both kind of came from the nonprofit background. So um, I worked for a shelter for eight years in the area. You volunteer with one. It looks like you worked with uh, quite a few nonprofit agencies. So, um, you know, I think you and I uh, have a lot in common in that, in that role. And uh, interestingly, I think there's a lot of folks in our industry who kind of have their toes dipped into that not-for-profit or nonprofit human services area, too, because yeah. we like helping people, right? I, I, exactly. <laughs> in fact, that's, that's what made my career pivot – uh, is I was running boys and girls clubs for many years. Mm. So credit unions were kind of like my second career. Yep. But that connection of people helping people, giving yeah. back to the community, a nonprofit organization, I, I mean, it was like, you know what? This is a great pivot because it draws to some of the things that are near and dear to me, yeah. um, but gets me in a new industry. So. Yeah. Yeah, I just thought that was interesting that we kind of shared a little bit of that history. Now, Tracy, tell us a little bit about what brought you to, because you've been there just a little longer than David. Obviously, you were involved in interviewing him, so. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so I've been with Student Choice for 10 years, so very 
10 very happy years. And awesome. before that, I worked in, I've been in the um, lending or the higher education finance space. Um, yeah, I think I'm going on 30, 30 years. I started when I was 24. Wow. Um, yeah, I started a company, Academic Management Systems. They did uh, that services, sorry, academic management services. They did payment plans uh, for colleges and universities. It um, the company got into the you know the lending space, right? The federal loans. Mm. Uh, so we did that, and uh, in 2011, I fell victim to the 2008. Mm. What happened mm-hmm. in the you know the federal space at that time, and so um, I got laid off. Many yeah. of us did. Yeah. Uh, and I was fortunate. I knew somebody who worked for Credit Union Student Choice. Again, it was a friend uh, that I had uh, made in my you know past life with <laughs> academic management services. And she brought me into the fold, and I've been there ever since. And so, yeah, that's my story. And I've been wow. very, very happy with um, Student Choice. Very reminiscent uh, of the days of academic management services, you know, okay. smaller companies, you know, and um, very much people helping people internally, too. That's an internal philosophy as well as an external. So, yeah, yeah. You know, there is just something that draws, um, I, I know, drew me to it as well, you know, just the, the difference of, you know, I used to do fundraising, so I would be oh. asking people to support other people, to help other people. Now I get to help, ask people to help themselves, yeah. which is yeah. kind of a, a nice change. Um, I mean, it's all important, and, and it's all been wonderful you know, stages of my life, but like you, David, I kind of didn't made a pivot yeah. um, into the financial service space, which I had done way back in high school and college. I was working for a bank, so um, it was just kind of bringing everything together. Um, but I just always think it's interesting, you know, how people kind of make it to where they are and yeah. and um, and why, you know. So, um, so you both been with Student Choice now for quite a while, at least at, you know five years, ten years. Um, so, what's your favorite thing about what you're doing? Um, you know, just in your day to day, what is it that you love the most? Ooh, stumper of a question. <laughs> I, well, I can answer. So I, um, I get to manage a team of uh, four Davids. Uh, ah. So three Davids. They do the same thing as far as they manage um, client accounts across the country, and then I also have the uh, new position under me. It's not really new anymore. She started right before the pandemic, so it still mm. seems new because yeah. we were so sheltered for you know, that year and a half, but um, she works with the school channel side, which is what I came from ah. when I worked for the company uh, prior to. So um, I love working with my team. So I get to work with great people every day, and I will tell you that they're the reason that I get up out of bed with a smile on my face because <laughs> I know I get to work with them, as well as, you know, I would say all of the people at Student Choice. I mean, we just really do have a great group, right from, you know, the president of the company to the executive team and then, you know, everyone underneath. So um, it's the people for me, for sure. That's the blessing. That's definitely you, a blessing. Yeah, I have to definitely echo the, the people <laughs> at Student Choice. Keep it uh, like family. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, even though all of us are spread all across the country, I mean, there's there's a commonality and camaraderie that, that yes. goes with it that uh, we can lean on each other, and that's, that's always great to have. Um, but uh, along the along the lines of ultimately understanding what our role is mm. with these credit unions that we partner with. Mm-hmm. Uh, because at the end of the day, for for example, like here at Utilities, uh, your student loans are your loans. Right. Student choices role, all it is is we're, we're like the student loan department. Yeah. Every, it, that's <laughs> right. essentially what we do. We work in the background. Yep. Uh, we're there to help utilities members and – it is the credit union that drives that. Uh, So we have to kind of be that extended piece to ensure that we're serving the members here 
as if they're being served uh, here. Right. So, I, I mean, that that's 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 really important to me because at the end of the day, I know the, the people that are reaching out to the credit unions for this specific product mm-hmm. or products have a need. Yeah. Um, they've they've went through different channels and they still have a, a, a gap per yep. se and they have to fill that gap. And are you just going to tell your son, daughter too bad and, <laughs> and leave them out there? And I mean, no. uh, we, we know these families have have kind of went through went through the channels and sure. they're coming to us and we're we're there to help them. Uh, we're not to put them in debt to help them right. to get to that next step. Yeah, and the truth of the matter is, from the credit union side, it, this is uh, in its it's like its own little world. Student lending in itself is um, is not just regular lending. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of things that go into that. And so looking for a partner like Student Choice, you know, it was very important to us that we worked with someone that was um, reputable, someone that understood how we took care of our members, and uh, you know, and and that you know our members are our family. And, uh, and we want them to be treated as such, and, and you guys do that, and, and we're grateful for that. Because, you know, before this, we really didn't have a great option, a, an official student loan option. And what a difference I think it makes just to be able to say, hey, you, don't, you aren't alone. And if we don't have all the answers, we're connected with folks that really do. Um, and so the resources that you guys have, and we'll get into that a little bit as we go through here. But um, so I just, uh, you know, thank you for that. Um, just telling us a little bit about yourself and, and how Student Choice and UECU are kind of uh, partners. Uh, but let's get into the topic because I know we've been talking long enough and everybody's like, okay, paying for college. This is why I'm here. Um, and I just want, first of all, to say to the listeners, um, I've been there and a lot of us have been there and it can be a very daunting task, um, especially if you're not in the financial services arena. Um, and even for those of us who were, I still lost sleep <laughs> over getting ready. I had two girls going to college. They were a year apart. So I was going to have, you know, three years at least of overlap. And I was just like, oh, how are we doing this? And um, I didn't save enough either. So, you know, <laughs> let's let's just get it all out there. I'll be completely honest and truthful and just say, you know, all the best play, uh, you know, you have all these plans and you're going to save all this money and then life happens and, you know, it doesn't quite matter where you are and, uh, and what stage you're in. Most of us are not going to just be writing a check when it comes to uh, secondary education. So, so let's talk a little bit about um, how do we actually f- figure out how to satisfy the bill? Because let, let's pretend like right today – it's not about how much you've saved. It's 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 today. Your kids are going to school this year, and you're looking at the bank account, and you're going, mm, I don't have enough. How are we going to make this work? So let's talk through just the different pieces that are available. So um, would one of you want to just kind of start off with, you know, so we obviously know there's federal student loans. Let's start off with that. What What is it that um, people should expect? What do they do? How does it work? Yeah, I, I think the, the biggest thing to really start with, if you haven't already, in, is, and that is to go out to FAFSA.gov and start there. Yeah. No, no matter if, – if you've already started it, great. It opens up every October. So your senior year in high school, October hits, you mm. should really start filling out the FAFSA. So if you haven't done that yet, start there. You're going to fill it out. It will take you about 20 minutes, uh, mom or dad – are going to have to fill out their end, and the student is going to have to fill out their end. Okay. Once once they set up a, a username ID, like I said, it, you're, you're talking about 20 minutes time. It's not difficult. 
most most people think it is, and then they <laughs> dive in, and it's like, oh, that wasn't bad at all. Uh, but you're you're going to start there, and the reason you're going to start there is because whenever you're looking at uh, getting a federal uh, direct loan or a federal student loan, you have to start with the FAFSA. Yeah, if you don't and, do the FAFSA, one, and most schools are going to ask you to do the FAFSA. Yeah, right? I, I mean, I mean, it, it's I we can't say it's mandatory, but it's <laughs> pretty close to it. Yeah. Um, and and beyond just the loan part, uh, filling out the FAFSA opens up other opportunities okay. that are free, and and, and and so that's kind of the big angle of why you want to start with this FAFSA form. Okay. okay. Yeah. And so let's talk about like the loans themselves. What are what are we talking about? Yeah, so so essentially a federal direct loan is a loan that's given from the government directly to the student to benefit their education. Okay. So essentially there's there's different criteria but in a general sense we're talking about just being an American citizen and breathing. Okay. If you're that <laughs> uh you don't have to have any collateral, you don't have to have any credit. Okay. You don't have to have income. You can be this 18-year-old fills out the FAFSA you're eligible now your freshman year for $6,500. Okay. Or I'm sorry, $5,500. $5, okay. And then your sophomore year, it's sixty-five, and then your junior and senior, it's seventy-five each. So okay. right off the bat, that's money that you have allocated for yourself that you can use on your education, okay. um, and that comes at a low cost. We, we call that the cheap money. <laughs> the cheap money. The, the cheap money. Uh, <laughs> okay. And, and, and think about it uh, – you're you're 18 years old, no collateral, no credit. Yeah. You go you qualify for a loan that for this year uh was a little over 3%. Wow. And that's a fixed rate. Uh so there's not other products that you can probably find with right. no credit, no collateral and qualify for such a low rate. And they don't have to make payments until they're out of school. Correct. Yeah, most uh most federal We're hoping that means graduate Kids, just yeah, saying. Absolutely. But if it doesn't, just so it, if you're better, out of school, it better mean that. If you're out of school, <laughs> right? Then you loans do have to need start. to be paid back. So yes. graduate, <laughs> get graduate, get a job, pay them back. Yes, can exactly. you tell I'm a mom? Yes, I, what can yes. I tell you? Yeah, I'm a mom as well. So that's it. that's my message. That's my message as a mom. So. All right, so this, so that's that's a, kind of a given if you do the application and the FAFSA comes out of the FAFSA. Mm-hmm. But then what are the other things that come out of the FAFSA besides the loans? There's the, the grant opportunities. Okay. So if if the so what happens is you you apply to these different schools, you get accepted, you fill out this FAFSA form, it goes to the various schools that you've been accepted to. Okay. And right around April you start receiving these award letters. And these award letters are saying, hey, David, congratulations. Uh, we have you hopefully attending uh, our school here this fall. It's going to cost $20,000. Ah. And out of that 20000 this is what the breakdown is. And then they may, based on uh, different factors that the school weighs, uh, could potentially give you grant money, okay. grant funds. So that's a school decision based upon the FAFSA information. In, in many cases, in, okay. in many cases, it's it the the school is going through that. They're seeing uh, that you qualify. In some cases, you don't necessarily. There's not a big qualification need. In other cases, it is income based, and and those types of dynamics come into okay. play. But they're they're they start weighing that out, and okay. it it kind of backstep a bit. That's why it's also important to try to fill out your FAFSA ASAP. Ah, uh, because think about it. You have 
let's say $1 billion. $1 billion <laughs> goes in the FAFSA fund, okay? Parents, families, students, they start applying, and these mm. funds start getting allocated to different people, right? So what's happening to this these funds? The funds getting They're getting allocated. Smaller. They start going, get, getting smaller. Okay. So if you come a little bit too late in the game, you're, you're getting from the, the pot that's lower. However, if you filled it out earlier, you have access to it at the forefront, and then if uh, so you have these three different schools that sent you a, an award letter mm-hmm. and they had different breakdowns and me as a student I say you know what I'm going to choose school B so what happened to the allocated funds for school A and C ah. well those funds go back into the pot kind okay. of thing and that school may disperse that elsewhere so if you came in early you had first dibs and then you're going to go back mm. to school B and you're going to say hey I know Joe over here didn't show up to school. What did you do with his funds? Would you give me some of those? Okay. And and parents would be surprised and, and students would be surprised that even after you receive your award letter and they tell you we're going to give you X, Y, and Z, mm-hmm. uh, by simply asking for more, you'll be surprised how often you'll receive more. Interesting. So Just by making that ask. Well, you know, I always ask everyone for, um, you know, who's a guest, a, a financial tip. And I think you may have just given yours, David, because I think there's a lot of people that don't advocate for themselves because they think, oh, that's just it. And the truth of the matter is, it sounds like advocating for your child, especially in this process, it's worth of an extra phone call. Yeah, it, it, it is. I mean, that it is it is surprising. I have I've yet to give that tip and have somebody come back to me and said they said no. Wow. It, okay. it is it is a more often than not. Okay. So there's the grants that come from the school through that fund, um, and then there's others. There's state funding state. and there's different things Correct. that can also yep. come out of that FAFSA, right? Yes. You want to talk about yes. that a little bit, Tracy? Yeah. So um, I think David hit it on the head. I mean, so fill it out early. Most schools have FAFSA deadlines. They have deadlines that they want you to complete the FAFSA uh, by so that they can consider you. Um, And there are state deadlines out there as well. So if, you know, Pennsylvania has a fund, a state fund, you know, they probably somewhere on their website has, they have a a deadline as well. So you want to be keeping, you know, point of those deadlines, making point of those deadlines and completing the FAFSA by that time. So you can, again, be considered for the most monies out there. So, And I think one of the biggest um, fallacies out there is, oh, I'm not going to get anything. I'm not going to complete the FAFSA. I hear that mm. that often sometimes, right? You know, we think we make too much money, so I'm not going to have Janie fill it out. And I always say that's wrong because some schools will not even parcel out their um, – What's the other um, academic scholarships without understanding through the FAFSA that student, right, that that situation. So now there are other, you know, there are scholarships that they may just hand out before the FAFSA, you know, your straight-A student, your president scholarship, right? But there could be more for a family. So filling, not filling out the FAFSA I think is a miss, completely a miss for families. So. And that sounds like that's Tracy's tip for the day. <laughs> Fill yeah. out your yeah. FAFSA. I have another one, but that's one okay, of them okay. for sure. Okay, well, we'll, have, we'll have opportunities for more tips, that's for sure. Okay, great. So, so the FAFSA definitely is step one. Um, and uh, I know when I was putting my kids through school and that cha- when that date changed to October, I was like, everybody was like, hallelujah, yeah. <laughs> because you do need your taxes. You need your tax information to fill that out. And so now you get to use 
the current year's taxes all like that you just finished, <laughs> yeah. right? Yep. You get to yep. use them in October, so it's a lot easier. It's not quite the rush of getting everything done at the same time. Um, and that was a very nice way to exit my funding college for my daughter's career. <laughs> <laughs> So you got um, it on the back end. You got that I benefit got, on the back end. I got the benefit on the back end. That was okay. I, I was. <laughs> it was great. It was great. It all worked out. Um, okay. So we go through that process. You kind of find out what the states, if there's funds for you there, if there's extra funds for you from the school, and you're going to ask again because there might be more than what they say. Um, and then obviously your student loan, your federal student loans. So then the next step, and um, you know, when I was looking through the list, I'm like, Okay, let's just be honest. Part of the step is how much does mom and dad have saved and how much are they willing to contribute? And I, I think it's an important thing to talk about that um, just briefly, you know, uh, and acknowledge that there's a lot of parents who are making financial choices. You know, I save for retirement. Should I use it to pay for my kid's college? Um, or I did put it in a, a 401k because, or not 401k, into an IRA because I plan to use it for education. And that's fine too. There's all kinds of different ways to invest, um, to be able to save for your kids, five to nine plans, all of that stuff. Um, but if we're talking today and your kids are going to school in the fall and you look at your balances and you go, yeah, there's not quite as much there as I would like, um, but you're still going to contribute some, you know, that's, that's great and that's fine. I will just say um, from my personal experience, don't discount your own budget. You know, there's also um, a way to help pay for that education on a monthly basis. While they're in school, there's different ways, um, you know, whether it's paying down a loan that you're taking out on their behalf or something, you can kind of fit it into your budget too. And there's regular loans out there that you can do if that's something that you're interested in. But, um, you know, the one key thing I would say just from a parent's experience is just remember whose name is on the loan, <laughs> right? Because another one of those uh, federal things is the parent plus loan, you know. And so it's a great opportunity, but just remember that's your name, mom and dad, on that loan. That's not your student. That's not their debt. That's yours. Um, so, you know, just you should weigh all of those things into, you know, what it is that you want to do. What does your future look like? Um, do you want to have that debt under your name, um, or do you want in some way for your student to have uh, co-ownership of that? Um, so I think it's important to weigh those pieces of the information just as well as the dollar signs. Yeah, I, I actually – so this will take me back to my payment plan days, to be honest with you. So most colleges and universities offer a payment plan, a pay-as-you-go option. Right. So to your point, I think that is the next step. So before you're looking at how do I finance that gap, whether it be with a Parent PLUS loan or in private education loan out there in the space, you should look at payment plans for that reason. And most of them offer 10 to 12 months. Um, and so to your point, you look at your budget and you say, what can we afford, you know, reasonably afford out of our monthly budget mm -hmm. to put towards a payment plan? So say your gap is $10,000, keep the math easy, uh, and you look at it and you say, you know what, we can put $400 against school while my son is in school. We can put $400 against that over 10 months, talking $4,000. Mm -hmm. I've just taken $10,000 of borrowing to $6,000 of borrowing, right? And so yeah. think of the finance charges over the interest rate and the finance charges over that time. I've saved money. Absolutely. And it's not just one year. I think another one of my financial tips would be you cannot think about this as a one-year investment. Mm -hmm. You have to think about, about it as a four, maybe possibly a five-year, you know, the super senior year or some classes in that year. Um, so it's 
a it's a longer term investment. So it's not just how do I get through the first fifty thousand dollars of school, which is probably more realistic, right? right? It's how do I get through the next four years of fifty thousand and probably an increasing budget each year. So right. payment plans are a big part of that um, that uh, plan, I think. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Sure. So no, great tip. And because it does seem daunting when you get the bill and go, how am I coming up with that? Um, but I, it, it, it takes a lot of um, creativity sometimes, I think, in, in figuring out all the pieces of the puzzle. And, and I would say just uh, try not to be overwhelmed by it. Make sure that you have someone you can talk to, um, whether it's, you know, UECU, you call and chat with us, or we get you connected with one of the great things about uh, Student Choice is that you actually have resources for people to talk to. Um, and actually, I will include links to that in the show notes so that they have the option to, you know, to go to that page and see um, uh, where they can talk to a counselor and, and different things um, with your services. And, and that's one of the, another reason that, you know, we're excited about the partnership because, you know, I as I can speak to someone from the standpoint of a parent having put through some someone through college, but it's an entirely different thing. My personal experience may not be anyone else's personal experience. So, you know, it's Correct. important for everyone to kind of weigh their personal situation and to talk with someone and not to feel afraid to talk. Um, I will say, just as a small backup to that, we do have a, a financial education resource at UECU called Cue It Up. And I think sometimes people are afraid to call and ask questions because they don't feel like they're going to ask smart questions because they don't feel like they know enough. I mean, that's just human nature. You don't want to I don't want to. I don't want to ask a dumb question, right? So I would encourage folks if this is if you've got someone heading off to college in the next year or so, or even just this year, and you're just not quite sure like what to even ask, go to uecu.org/slash cue it up. That's C U E I T U P, and there is a playlist there called um, Investing for the Future, and there is a play a little five or seven minute uh, e course in there that actually talks through some of the things that we're talking to today on a very high level, but it's a great spot to go just to go, oh, well, I need to ask about that. Like it gives you enough information and you're doing it on your own. No one's over your shoulder. You can do it on your phone, on your laptop, on your PC. It doesn't matter, Um, but it's very interactive. And I think it just gives, I know for me, if I have a little bit of knowledge and I feel a little stronger about asking questions that I feel good about. Janine, um, you're like you're like me at the grocery store. <laughs> I, I, I want them to point in the direction I'm supposed to be heading, but I don't need them to walk me over and, right. and pull it well, for me. I, what I love about that is you don't know what you don't know. So sometimes you don't know the question to ask because you don't know, right? That's so what true. you're doing is you're providing some prompts. Yes. Right? Some yes. things like this is something that you should be considering if you're sending a child to college. And you're, you know, and, and like you said, and that's going to be like, oh, I go, oh, you know what? Now I'm going to call someone and I'm going to ask about that, right? right. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's that's the biggest thing. You don't know what you don't know. And, yeah. if you, and most families, to your point, this is like one of those areas where you should not feel, you know, embarrassed or even, you know, worried about a dumb question because – you know, we don't put children through school every day, right? No. We don't do the college, you know. No. You know, we learn how to about our checking accounts and we have savings accounts, right? right. You know, and some of the basics, but we don't put kids through school. So no. you, when you get there, it's all new. It's all like, how do I navigate this? Well, and even as a parent, if you have student loans, like the loan experience for you, it 
very different than what it might what be is, today. Uh, yes. uh, not, not might. It and is. And the cost is. is. And the, the cost, cost definitely is. is. <laughs> def- well, there's that too. Yeah, that, that's a big one too. So, all right. So let's get to um, kind of the next step. So you've looked at your budget. You've figured that part out. You've, you've done the whole federal student loan thing, the grants, all that. So there's still a gap left. Now what? What do you do with the gap? Um, so let's talk a little bit about the ways that UECU and Student Choice can actually help someone fill that gap. Yeah, absolutely. So, I, I mean, the, the credit union in general has different loan products. Sure. Um, home equity is one that sometimes uh, parents will leverage, but it absolutely. goes back to your point as far as do you want to be solely on that loan or you want some co-ownership, some yes. skin in the game from your, from your student? Mm-hmm. Uh, the Parent PLUS loan is just them on their own. Uh, so private student loans start coming into the equation, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and in that consideration, uh, typically whenever you're looking at a, at a private student loan, uh, you're going in, you're, you're applying, it's coming in with the student who will be the borrower, and then there will be a co-borrower who actually qualifies for the loan, right, mm-hmm. uh, for the underwriting purposes. So each institution will have like an underwriting component uh, attached to it, Income, FICO scores, all that. Uh, and once you're approved uh, for that, then you leverage those funds for that one year. So your okay. freshman year. Right. Well, guess what? Sophomore <laughs> year comes and you need another 10000 You go back to that institution or you go across the street to another institution and, and get a loan through them. And you're repeating this par- process each year of their education, essentially. Right. So what ends up happening is, let's say you got your son, Tim, here. And uh, Tim graduates, he enters into repayment, and lo and behold, he has four different loans all owed at different times or maybe even different places. So that, beyond sticker shock maybe, (laughs) uh, he's going to have to manage that, and and that can be cumbersome. So one of the the unique things that utilities does specifically, or the credit union, is they have a line of credit structure for your student loans. So – what happens is I come in with Tim, we apply for the loan, but we're not applying just for his freshman year. Ah. We're getting a line established to take into consideration the bigger picture, which is his entire undergrad career, right? Okay. And so we apply this one time. I'm the co-borrower. I have the FICO. So I go through the underwriting. We get approved. Year one, Tim needs 10000 So he draws ten, uh, uses that his freshman year. Sophomore year, he draws another ten. His third year, let's say mom gets a bonus and she said, you know what? We don't need any money this year. Let's just pay it cash. So we just leave the the line untapped. Okay. And year four, he needs another 10. So when he graduates, he has this 30000 that he's borrowed and he enters into repayment with one bill due nice. to the credit union. So it, it, it gives that peace of mind. Uh, it's there if you need it. If you don't need it, that's okay too. In, in fact, that's we, we hope that you right, don't need it. To, right. uh, that, that'd be the best case scenario. So, uh, and a little less work, like you're not having to go out and find another new loan every exactly. year. Exactly. Uh, you don't be underwritten every single year. You're underwritten that one time. So yeah. that's a big plus as well for families. Yep. So, yeah. I mean, they do a, you know, we do an annual review, right? A, a sure. soft credit check every year just to make sure they're, you know, where you want them to be from a risk perspective. But I think. To, you know, to both your points, you don't have to worry about where that next loan is coming from. Where do we have to go? And you have players moving in and out of this space a lot, right? I mean, yeah. you know, you have people out there that have had loans with other entities, and then that next entity that 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 lender might not be even lending. So you can't even go back to the yeah. same lender. So yeah. this is very convenient. Um, it's 
unique in the industry, and it's very convenient for families for sure. So let's talk a little bit about, um, and I'm going to throw you a loop on this, but just a little bit about timing. So I know as a parent, you know, we got the award letter, and I'm like, okay, I, I'm the one that sat down. Okay, we've got this. We, I need to apply for this. It's April 50 or April 25th, and I call, and they're like, sorry, we can't help you yet. So what is, you know, what is the annual timing? Sometimes, well, maybe that date has changed since I was involved, but there was a time when it was like you had to wait until a certain time to apply. So talk a little bit about the schedule today. Yeah, so. Uh, the applications for fall in terms of funding right. uh, will open up right around May 1st. May 1st, okay. Yeah, May 1st is typically uh, it. Now, that has changed. That has there. changed. We've, that we've has opened changed. it a little earlier. Yeah, yeah so, so. We've, we've opened it a little bit earlier just because you got parents that uh. want to move on it, right? Because <laughs> um, there are people like you calling us, Janine. Moms like me. They do exist. <laughs> and and, yeah. and the, the other, the, another unique aspect as far as the, uh, the, the private student loan here is – if you're not certain, like you, your student hasn't made a decision if they're going mm. to go to school A or B, so they're kind of on the fence as far as, okay, this may cost this if we choose A, it may be this if we choose B. Right. And they're weighing this decision. They could still apply for the line of credit oh, really? here, have that established, and then ultimately, whichever one they choose, they can leverage it. Ah. And then another kicker to this is let's say two years in, they're going to school A, but they want to finish their degree at school B. They can transfer and leverage their line of credit for that. Wow. So once again, it's, it kind of gives this peace of mind knowing that it's there. there. Yeah, absolutely, because there are parents that want to <laughs> get in on the front end, but right. then we have the 90, 90% plus uh, that will apply August 15th, yeah. the day before school. <laughs> the, the bill is due next week, and I'm applying August 15th. Yeah, I, Which is so, totally fine. Yeah, uh, Well, totally yeah, fine. it would probably be good if you don't do yeah. that, but uh, not recommended, right? Not, not recommended. So there is an annual kind of timeline, um, at least to kind of get the ball rolling for that first year of school. Um, and just, I just think it's something that people should be aware of. Sometimes, you know, you might call and they go, hold on a second, call back. You know, we'll be ready for that at this time. And that's normal. I don't want you to think that that's abnormal. That's actually very typical. Uh, I just know for me as a mom, it was like, what do you mean? I, I want to apply it. I want to know now. <laughs> I want to figure it out. Um, so, you know, it's just uh, I think the timing is important to understand, just like FAFSA October, you know, that process for the next year's funding, you know, you might get the award letter first. And then second year award letters sometimes come even later. They come later. They definitely come <laughs> later. Yeah. That was another yep. surprise for me as I was like, wait, well, you told me in April last year. And I remember calling school. I'm like, where's my letter? Like, oh, you'll get that in July. I'm like, July? <laughs> <laughs> I will know. I'm not going to know what I need until July. Yeah, uh, that's but, so funny. Yeah. So it's just. You know, as you move along, don't just, I guess, have an open mind to how the process works each year. Every school runs things a little different. Um, and so there, there are definitely, like, calendar things, you know, just to be aware of. Yeah. Schools run differently, but typically the returning students do get their award letters later. So it's all about getting that freshman class in. Yeah. Early, right? April. Right. And then usually whatever school it may be, they're typically later. Okay. Yeah. And so I good think, to know. That's a really good. Yeah. yeah well, it's just you know, it's a, it's that little mom tidbit. Yeah. Um, so you know, the the private student loans that we offer through you guys or with your help, um, I like you said, they are our loans. Yeah, they're your loans. That they're, yeah. They're, that's in fact, know, but, that's a very important piece. You guys actually 
do um, help us with that whole process because it is a complicated process, um, especially, you know, just the funding and getting it to the school and all that good stuff. So um, so we're grateful to have a partner that helps with that uh, that difficult processing of everything. Um, but there are a couple different options as well. There's fixed rate, there's variable rate. Um, and so, you know, you do have choices, and the the interest rate on those is dependent upon the credit situation. So just like, you know, any other lending situation, um, it is a credit score dependent. Um, so, you know, just be aware that it's, it's like a regular loan application in that regard. Um, it's not like the federal loans where everybody gets the same rate and a, a set amount. Correct. So um, just want to make sure that that's a, a little clear. And uh, I think, David, you had mentioned earlier, no, forgetting it might have been Tracy, that, you know, and there are other loan options available too. So, yes, student lending is a great thing because some of those payments are lesser or deferred until after someone has left school as a graduate. Um, and <laughs> and we're just saying it's be a good thing. Um, but then there are other things like home equity loans, and there are personal loans. And we have uh, students involved with UECU who aren't going to college. They're going to a trade school or a technical school. And so, you know, the, the loans for those aren't quite as easy to come by sometimes for those those programs. We're beginning to see some headway in, in making changes in that, but I just uh, want to encourage folks, if you are going to trade or technical school, uh, there are still options. You know, There are still options for your parents to help you fund that opportunity as well um, through traditional lending opportunities here at UECU, and we, we do that. Um, so, you know, please, um, you know, college is great, but it's not for everybody. And we are firm believers in the trades and in skilled labor. And, um, and you know, I'm married to one. And, uh, you know, I've worked here for 13 years. And I've had lots of great conversations with a lot of our trades folks. And, um, and they are amazing people doing hard work, absolutely. very skilled work, very dangerous work in some instances, and you absolutely need training. <laughs> so, you know, please look into that option as well and know that if, if you're trying to figure out how to make that happen, please still give us a call here at UECU because there's great options available for that as well. Absolutely. I, I, I know during the, <laughs> yeah, during, during the years that I've worked here, I, I, I think uh, one of the things I can definitely say about this credit union is you're very in tune to your membership and their needs. Yeah. So I, I see that in not only the products that we help you with, but in other aspects of the credit union. Yeah, so we, we try really guys. hard. There's, um, uh, you know, there's different challenges when you're in that line of work, and uh, and there's some great benefits in that line of work. You know, it, it's uh, they're making good lives for themselves in most cases. It's it's not like it's a uh, a bad life. It's just a different kind of life. It's a different kind of path. And and uh, and I just you know our, for our listeners, we acknowledge that both paths are equally good. Um, and that funding either path can be a challenge. So just know that we're here for you to try to work through those questions as well. Um, so let's talk a little bit about um, when you're in school, um, you know, and, and they obviously need funds every year. Um, and you look at that picture. So I know when I my kids would go to school, you got that kind of snapshot of total cost. And I remember like state school and I was still like, huh, really? It's that much for a state school? Um, and they really figure a lot of costs into that, like their cost of living and housing and, um, you know, utilities and food and all that good stuff. So there are ways to be a good budgeter and to save during those times. So I'm just curious if you guys have any tips about, you know, like actually managing the money during school and, and how to make that work too. Get this? I was going to say, well, this is probably where my other financial tip would come in. So there are fixed and there are variable costs when 
uh, students go off to school. And they change, to your point, right? So one year, the freshman year, you might be required to live on campus. The mm. second year, maybe the third year, you can get a you know off campus housing with five of your friends and and split the you know split split the rent at a lower cost. Um, I would look always at if they're charging um, medical insurance up front, right? You might be covered under that. Your child might be covered under the parent, mm. and so you don't have to take the school's medical insurance. Okay. So that's another place. Um, food plans. We always talk about food plans, like going to Disney World, right? <laughs> like which food plan do I want? The one that provides me, you know, four snacks a day. So I always say, you know, who are you sending to school? Know your child. You know, mm. a football player needs three squares and the five snacks. Um, maybe, you know, and again, I don't want to be like, you know, daughters over sons or anything <laughs> like that, but your daughter might not eat that much, right? right? So understand, you know, what child you're sending to school and is there flexibility in those food plans? So those are some of the ways you can cut costs because they're going, you know, they're going for the top when they send you that bill, right? Um, and then the biggest probably way is books. So, you know, go on other days of going to, you know, the school bookstore and buying the brand new book. There are so many options out there for students now to be able to get their resources at a much more affordable cost. And so I think you should, you know, families should investigate their co- those costs. There's secondary there's swapping. And, there's yep. book swapping on campuses, yeah. right? So where, you know, I had psychology and David had history and now I'm having history and David needs psychology, we can swap our books, right? There's used books and there's online sources, Amazon, right? You get a textbook at Amazon probably for you know less the cost. Um, I was telling David I was it's not a school book, but I was in the airport yesterday and I was like I need, I need to buy a new book, right? And I went to like you know Hudson News and mm-hmm. I love Hudson News, nothing against you, but I looked at the book prices and I went and I googled Amazon and I could save like five dollars on the book in Amazon. I was like, well, I'm not going to buy it here, right? <laughs> so I mean the thing, the same thing holds true when you go into that school, you know, that school bookstore. I mean, buy a sweatshirt, you know, buy the Buy the baseball hat, but, you know, get your book. You can get your book at a more affordable Comparison class. shopping. A hundred percent. It's a good lesson to teach your kids. I yes. don't know about yours, but my kids learn very early on that my favorite person in every store, his name is Clarence. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> let's go find Clarence, you know? Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and we would, yeah, we would absolutely do that. And, and, and it just kind of became an inside joke, you know. But it's like, true, I walk in, I go to the Clarence. Of course, I'm very Berks County, Pennsylvania girl. So, uh, all about budgeting. And um, doesn't mean I was always very good at it. I mean, there's still challenges, um, but still very frugal and trying, you know, so when I looked at that initial, like, this is the total cost for the year, I'm like, oh, that's not what we're going to pay. Yeah, no. <laughs> we're going to find ways around some of that. And, and you can on some level. And I will tell you the other thing, too, is my girls, they worked. Now, they didn't work a lot during the school year because they were both very busy. They were both very active in different ac- in uh, musical or in sports activities. Um, but during the summer, you know, I, I kind of set up with them. I was like, hey, guys, you can earn money over the summer. And guess what? We can pay down, like, just the interest on your loans or something and still have money for you to get your pizza and do your – like, but we talked about yeah. actual budgeting. And so I will encourage folks. Um, another great resource in our Cue It Up program is there are um, little – Again, these are just like seven-minute little e-courses. So you can do them on your phone, tablet, or PC. Like talking to your kids about money, um, family budgeting, um, how to budget. Like all of these basics that not maybe aren't basic for everybody. Um, and so I just encourage you to check it out. Look for those resources. I'll put them in the show notes so that you can have real financial conversations with your kids, um, especially if they're going to college, you know, like uh, – we did something like authorized users on our credit cards just because we wanted them to have emergency something. But I said, look, you ever pull that card out of your wallet, I better be getting a text 
or a phone call saying, Mom, this is why I used it. So in other <laughs> words, it is not for drinks. It is not for pizza. It is for books, utilities, whatever, like a, a car breaks down, something along those lines. It is an emergency opportunity for you. But you do have to, like, talk with your kids absolutely about these things. And so even in this application process for student loans or the FAFSA, do it with your kids. Bring them into it because ultimately on the back end of this, some of this is their responsibility. Um, it is real money. Yeah, it's It is real, real money. money that we expect to get paid back, right? And that's, yes. that's the message. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So um, I think we've kind of hit all of the major things about actually making it possible to pay for college. Um, so when school ends, and, and we won't spend a whole lot of time on this today, but um, just for timing's sake. But, you know, when school ends and kids are kind of getting into that routine of, you know, well, okay, I graduated or I'm done with school. What's next? So when do these private student loans or federal student loans, when do they have to start being worried about these things? Or maybe worry is not the right word. Just be aware. Yeah, so, so typically once, once they've either completed school or stopped attending school, the school sends a notification to lenders basically saying, hey, David is no longer enrolled or David okay. graduated. And then a, a clock starts ticking. And okay. that clock for many lenders, including federal, uh, federal loans, is a grace period. Okay. And that grace period can be three months, six months. I think it's typically six months okay. uh, is what you see out there. But Time after that six months <laughs> or during that six months, you're probably receiving your statements. Okay. Hey, David, congratulations. <laughs> but uh, we, we're ready for you to start paying on this. And here's your start date. And here's what your first payment will be. Okay. Uh, so a, a, a big thing that people want to do is when they graduate to really start if not even do it sooner, just paying attention to where their loans are housed. Yeah. Find okay. out who the servicer is. Okay. Uh, through the pandemic, uh, you've probably heard uh, different things going on on the federal uh, student loan side. And right. part of that has been the servicers. If some have went out of business, uh, out of the business and transferred it over. And there's some that are not fully in or out yet. So okay. in that transition as a, as a borrower, you still are obligated to pay this loan whenever it does come back into repayment, right? Yeah, so that's and one of the things you, to be aware of today is there's like a hold on some of these things temporarily. It's not forever. Correct. So, Correct. It's been going on for a while, it but has. it's not forever. So, yes, I would say that if you're holding federal loans now, you know, stay vigilant on what's going on and when that moratorium is going to end. Right now we're looking at a September 1st payment start date. So okay. it's, uh, again, they're on hold, no interest, no payment through August 31st. Okay. Um, so just stay, you know, whether that can gets kicked again, and it could, <laughs> right. um, you know, pay attention. But if not, if it doesn't, then you'll be expected to make that first payment sometime in September. So little things like if you've changed your bank account and they were taking automatic payments out, hundred percent sure you've updated your contact information with your if whoever you your moved. servicer is now. Yeah, make sure that you know who that's with right. and and just be prepared. Uh, the truth of the matter is, at some point, something's going to get paid, and we don't know hundred percent, but. You're on the line, like your name's on it. Nope. Yes. So you are responsible ultimately, and in, no matter what happens politically, um, at the moment your name is on that loan. Mm -hmm. So that's your responsibility, and so stay aware. Right. I think that's a really important important right. thing. So on the private student loan side, that's not necessarily the same. No, right. no. So there has not been a moratorium on the private side. So you should 
be continuing to make payments. And, you know, um, maybe in what you're saving and not paying a federal loan, take advantage and pay mm-hmm. off those private loans maybe a little quicker, put a little bit more towards them, because many of them will have, um, you know, higher interest rates than what you have in the federal loans. Sure. I mean, we, we've, we've been in a low interest rate environment, so we've been very fortunate that way. Yeah. Things are starting to tick up. We're going to see that change, I think, over the next several months. But, you know, if you have a little extra, put a little extra towards those private loans. Or continue to pay the federal loans off while they're not incurring interest, right? Because right. everything you pay now, you're paying down your principal. So yeah. when that interest rate starts going again, that, that machine starts churning, it's, you know, it's going to be assessing on a lower principal balance. Right. So that's another thing. So if you have the money to do it, you know, again, Don't necessarily pretend uh, it's never going to come back. Well, yes. yeah, and I, I mean, even even if you are of the belief that it's going to be forgiven, because you know that has been talked about. Sure. And do we know what it, it's going to look like in the end? Ones. We don't know. The, the federal, federal ones. correct. The federal yeah. Ones. yeah. So, um, if if you're banking on that happening for you, <laughs> you could technically park that money, let's say, in a savings account during this time, mm. and then once you understand what the final decision is. Then you have that those funds to pay off that loan, right? Right. So that that's something that you can do during this time. On on the private student loan side, uh, if you are going through a, a an economic hardship or through a situation, in some cases a forbearance may be applicable. So okay. in that case, you would want to reach out and uh, talk talk about the situation, and then. Uh, you may be you may qualify for a for a forbearance. So okay. in situation, it's not. It, it, really, with any loan, even outside of student loans, anytime you're you foresee you're mm. going to run into a circumstance and/or you enter a circumstance that's hard, it's important to reach out to the lender. Yes, and, and I would kind say of that for that, you, you as a whole. Anytime yeah. someone is 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 up against something, uh, life changes. People get sick, jobs change. Um, you know, oh gosh, the pandemic. If that didn't teach us that you know jobs can be here and gone in a moment, um, they can be. It's always better to talk to your lender. Always, 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 um, because there's sometimes things we can do to help get you through that time period that might not hurt your credit score. You know, things along those lines. Where if you just try to ignore it, ignoring it is never a good choice. Correct. Um, yeah, absolutely true. And the other thing that I would say too is also, and I. Uh, I confirmed this this morning because I wanted to make sure I was still accurate on this. One of the reasons that I particularly liked the student choice um, option for undergraduates' uh, tuition loan was because as a parent, even though I was a co-borrower, there was also this option a few years down the road after making on-time payments that if the student was gainfully employed and doing okay, that they could actually apply to remove my name from that loan, which will never happen from a Parent PLUS loan. I'm just saying. It's, <laughs> it will never happen from that. Um, and like I said, they can be a great resource. I'm not putting them down. They're just another option. But I know for me personally that it was that, that um, what is it called, the COBEAR or co-signer, co-signer release, release um, was important to me because I didn't know where my husband and I were going to be financially you know, five years after they were done with school. And if I, you know, could work with my kids and make sure that they were making on-time payments for four years, uh, it sounds like a long time, but you got them through four years of college. So four more years isn't that bad. Um, and if you're working with them and showing them how important it is to make those payments on time, there it might be an opportunity for you to not then be responsible for those loans and for them to come off your credit report and have other options available for you if you need them. So I just know like that was something that I wasn't really aware of before yeah. I went into this process. And I think that's, uh, you know, an important fact for, for parents to understand that 
uh, yeah, you can help them through and you can encourage them and you can work with them to make on-time payments. But the truth of the matter is you don't have to be responsible forever if you've taught your child to handle that, that, that relationship responsibly. So especially right now during pandemic and all this stuff with all these things that are going on, make sure you're keeping up with your private student loans. It's very important. Absolutely. For Absolutely. their credit too, not just, you know, not just <laughs> for getting mom and dad off the hook. It's also very important for your students and your credit scores that mm -hmm. you're able to do things as you have before with a good credit score. You don't want to lose that just over forgetting a couple of payments here and there. It's not worth it. Yeah. yeah. And Janine, I, I mean, you, you, uh, you brought up the scenario that a lot of a lot of parents do like is having that co-borrow release. Like, yeah. let me sell off into the sunset. I helped you. You're an adult now. <laughs> yeah. You can take care of this. I, I, I did my part. And, and that's really beneficial because that is one big knock on that Parent PLUS loan, on that Federal Parent PLUS it loan. Is. The other big knock on that Parent PLUS loan is the origination the fee. It's pretty are, heavy. Oh, uh, four heavy per, it's usually over 4%. So imagine yeah. I asked for 10000 You send me only 9600 but bill me for 10000 So... Yeah. yeah. No thanks. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, that, that's another thing too. So and important to notice with with our private student loan, the fees are not. Um, yeah, there, there you no, have no origination fees. fees. There's no yeah. origination no fees. prepayment so don't worry uh, about penalties. That. Yeah. yeah, and the rate, you know, with the rates being still low, you could They're probably good. you can probably secure a rate that's lower than the plus loan too. Right now, yeah, saying, actually, so. yeah, I think that you're probably. I think it's been that way for a few years now too. Yeah. So yeah. definitely yeah. worth all of that. Um, all right. I could talk with you guys forever. This has been a lot of fun. Um, and I know there's lots of things that we could still talk about, but um, I think we should wrap it up probably. Well, so, but if you have a couple things that I've missed, by all means. Yeah. I just, you know, I would just like to talk about the refinance space. Oh, so sorry, I'd yeah. love to. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah especially yeah, because do. utilities, oh, you know, you guys offer a great right. product. I think we'd be remiss in not saying that, you know, if you have private loans right now and you may be thinking about refinance, but you're like, oh, I don't want to bring my federal loans in because it's no, you know, no interest, no payments right now, um, you know, refi those high interest private loans. private loans for a lower rate. You can always refinance again when the federal you know, loans come back into play. Um, but we're in a low interest yeah. environment right now for a couple more months, right? So I think it's a really a good option for families that are sitting, you know, on loans that are sitting at, you know, five, six, seven, eight and upwards to be looking at refinancing today. And even if you've refinanced in the past, you have a refinance loan already, look to see if you can get a better rate in today's environment and, and refinance. And like I said, utilities offers a great product. Um, so I just think that, you know, that's a smart financial move in Absolutely. these times as well. I mean, I think there for a while we were all kind of had our heads around, got to refinance the mortgage because the mortgage rates have dropped. And really, you don't really think about the fact that, oh, those student loans might be sitting at, some of them are eight. Yeah, even, even previously refinanced oh, yeah. student or higher. Loans. And or higher. higher. So, yeah. um, I'm, you know, just depending on the timing that you got the loans, because that federal loan rate changes every year, and, you know, all those things and parent plus loans, that's a whole other world. Yeah. Um, but, you know, just uh, it is worthwhile to kind of take a look and see um, what your options are. And if you can lower payments um, or even keep payments the same, but pay it off faster. Right. I mean, there's just so many different ways to go about a refinancing. Yes. Um, especially, like you said, I think I, I wasn't even thinking about that because all these things are in forbearance. But you're right. The private student loans are still going on. They are. So by all means, get in there, apply before those rates start going up. Oh, yep. Yeah, it's 100%. definitely a good time to yep. do that. Um, anything else I missed? No, this is pretty comprehensive. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, this is a good, this is a good talk. Yeah, this I, is kind I, of fun. Well, I, I, I will add that okay. uh, really um, don't, don't let – 
funding college be like overwhelming? It can be. It can. Uh, but it can also be simplified. So in the general aspect, there's there's a couple of great resources out there that uh, the .gov website, uh, financialaid.gov. Okay. They have a they have a PDF little booklet kind of thing that's uh, pretty easy to read through. I'll add that uh, to the show notes. But uh, you also have um, the the credit union here. Those resources. Just start with the very basic stuff, and. Start with the a crawl, then walk, and then you'll be able to sprint once you once you get yeah. it going. Uh, take take advantage of talking with our college counselor because yeah. uh, they, they they will walk you through. It's not going to cost you anything, and and they're not going to sell you anything for that matter. Uh, right. It's literally there as a resource for the families to to benefit from and and get get a little more knowledge. Yeah. That's great. Uh, I think it is important. And um, so I had asked you guys for tips. Any other tips that you want to offer that I missed? I so I, the my last one would be that financing school starts before looking at the bill. It starts at choosing the school. Yeah, right. You're right. It, we have to start, and families have to have conversations with their sons and daughters about choosing the right school and not choosing a school that you cannot afford. And that's yeah. big. And you know what? We know it as parents. We look at the bill and we know it. We know that that child is going to come out with a lot of debt or we're going to put ourselves through, yeah. you know, paying a lot of debt. Um, and you should really weigh what you are paying for school and what that son or daughter is going to come out doing and can they pay can they pay that back. Yeah. Um, and there's some good guidance out there if you can pay off your loans with your what you make in first year. So your first year salary, obviously you're not paying off your loan with your first year salary, but your first year salary should pay down a good percentage of that debt. And so there's mm. some, um, I think there's some guidance out there as well um, in that finan- in the financial space. But uh, I do think the conversations, and we're getting better at it. Now remember, I've been in this industry for 30 years. Yeah. And we all know our kids work hard and they want to choose that school with their heart and they want the, the experience and all about that. You should definitely have the experience. But to your point, you know, you, I think you said you sent your daughter to a state school, right? You can yeah. get a really good education and yeah. have a lot of fun and experience the whole college experience yeah. at a state school if that makes more sense financially than yeah. picking a high-priced private school because they fell in love with the campus, well, right? I so, I mean, it's just those decisions I think we have to stay conscious of. Um, I think it depends on the major, too, and like 100%. your career aspirations. So sometimes, you know, the right school for the right career. 100%. Um, and so, yeah, just to your point, like salary.com. Like, honestly, sit yes. down at the computer with your daughter or your son beside you and pull up salary.com and look what's an entry-level position in the field that they've chosen so that they can see and then go, okay, so if we do the four years and mom and dad are given this and you get this in federal student loans and then there's this much more and now you have private student loans – you're going to have X amount of debt, possibly, at the end of the whole four or five years, and this is your salary. So what does that monthly payment look like? You know, it can sometimes look like a rent payment. Oh, yeah. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> excuse me, but um, I think those conversations are really important to have um, and even to seek guidance to say, how do I help my child understand the implications of, of what's going on here? And so, yeah, they might want that certain insignia um, you know, on their diploma and, and all those. And that could be very important. Like like I said, the right school for the right degree. Yeah. Um, but sometimes you have to look at your options and go, okay, so what can I do? I will say this. My kids applied to all kinds of schools. And the awards at some of the private schools are larger. Right. I was just going to say what, that. Apply. at a state school. Yes. But you also need to look at that bottom line because that bottom line really tells you the truth. And, um, and so, yeah. 
please have those conversations. Please talk to your kids. Uh, know, let them know what they're getting in for. Let them know what they're going to be responsible for. Um, and, you know, and what you're willing to be responsible for, you know. So, uh, yeah, it, conversation is really where it all starts. And, and investigate together. God, by the way, your kids are really good at Google. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, like, even if you think you're good at Google, no, your kids are really, really good at Google. So if, send them a task and say, so find out what's the entry-level salary on this and go find it. Yeah. You know, give them a task and, and, and have something fun to talk about where they're bringing the information to the table. Uh, I think it's really important that we, that we do that with our kids. Um, I will say, so my little tip that I tell all of my friends who have kids going off to freshman year is – when you apply for that first loan um, and you're like, oh, I'm budgeting it out and you're budgeting to the dollar if you're like me, uh, allow extra, okay? <laughs> so it like, doesn't mean you have to use it, but allow extra, especially that first year because if you you might get shocked like I did. My daughter started in August and I think the first week in October, I had to pay rent for next year's apartment. Because that's the way that the cycle worked at their school. Like ah. all of the private student housing, they signed a contract almost starting in October. And the first payment was due like June, which was before the next funding round, right? Yes. So I always just tell my friends, look, if you need 8000 take ten. Stick that 2000 somewhere where you're not going to touch it. You can always pay it back. Um, and, and the truth of the matter is if you, if you don't have the cash flow to make up for those kinds of unexpected expenses in the first year, give yourself a cushion. Um, cause you can always take less next year. You can like, honestly, the way we did it, we took a lot freshman year, good amount, uh, sophomore, junior year, then she had gotten a job and senior year we took nothing, you know, because we had that little cushion still left over and we used it. Good. Um, so, you know, there's just, there's different ways to go about it. Just don't be so rigid like I was <laughs> that first year and go, you're only spending this per month on books or this or that. And yeah, you just don't really know until they're there and what they're doing. So I, that's my tip is give yourself a little bit of a cushion that first year. Just be aware that things come up that you might not expect, like next year's rent. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good tip. <laughs> that's a good tip. <laughs> Well, thank you guys so much. Uh, I do appreciate that you took the time. And I'm just so happy you're actually going to be in the area and able to spend time with me in the studio. Um, so that won't always be the case for our podcast, but it's nice to be able to see smiling faces on the other side and, and to have that conversation happen live um, in the room. Um, for those of you who uh, are listening to us, this might be your first podcast. We're still getting things off the ground. This is just our second episode. I just encourage you to like and subscribe and share this episode with other folks who are trying to get their kids ready and, and off to college in this next year or in even a two or three years because better to know early all these little things. Um, they might change a little bit from year to year, but it's, it's a good knowledge to have a basis in before you actually need to do it as well. So I encourage early education at every chance. Um, for those of you who aren't really familiar with UECU, uh, you can learn more about us at our website, which is uecu.org. Uh, but you can also find us on our uh, social media profiles. So on uh, LinkedIn and on Facebook, we are under our very formal and longer name, Utilities Employees Credit Union. And on Instagram and Twitter, you'll find us at a sh much shorter version, UECU Happy. Um, so look for us there, and we would love to hear conversation and questions about today's topic. Um, that'll be a great place for you to kind of comment uh, and let us know what you're thinking and what questions we missed that we might be able to fill in the gaps next time. 
Um, Other than that, thanks so much for spending your time with us. We look forward to bringing you another episode next month. Have a great day. 